Hello, everyone, and welcome to All Things Episcopal, where we talk about everything and anything related to the Episcopal Church. This podcast was designed with young people in mind, so ages specifically 18 to 39. And it's a place to learn more about the Christian faith, um, specifically through the Episcopal lens. With this podcast in particular, we're going to offer a variety of ways to learn about the Episcopal Church. Some of these learning opportunities will come through conversations and interviews, sermons, and the reading of the daily office. We'll talk a little bit about that. We also want you to know that while we love our clergy, we also cherish the ministry of the laity. The laity, as our Book of Common Prayer says, is to represent Christ and His Church, to bear witness to Him wherever they are, and according to the gifts given to them, to carry on Christ's work of reconciliation in the world, and to take their place in the life, worship, and governance of the Church which is why we have laity represented in the planning and production of this podcast, along with clergy. We also deeply care about this podcast being a representation of the whole body of Christ, which means you're going to hear from a diverse group of voices. So in traditional Episcopal greeting fashion, the Lord be with you. And also with you. And also with you. Friends, and welcome back to the All Things Episcopal podcast. Today's episode is a very special one because we are joined by two college students in the Diocese of West Missouri. Tyler Crane and Michaela Strickland are joining us in conversation. They speak to us about how the Episcopal Church gave them a sense of belonging that led to believing in the triune God in new and exciting ways. When we say the triune God, we are speaking of the one God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer, also known as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Tyler and Michaela also touch on how belonging and believing impact what it means to them about becoming the church of the future. Father David will introduce Tyler and Michaela in this conversation. So Father David, I leave it to you. Thanks, Claire. So, um, of course, I know Tyler and Michaela because they are parishioners at uh, my church, St. John's in Springfield. And uh, they were both confirmed by uh, our Bishop Provisional, Diane Jardine Bruce, uh, just this last Sunday of January. So they're, they're, they're newbies in the Episcopal Church, and I'm very glad to have them. I'm very glad to have them in my parish. And so... Um, it thought, I thought it might be good to talk to some new and young Episcopalians uh, about the Episcopal Church, what they're liking about it, and maybe what they, what as they look at us, what what might we be able to do better? And so, so I'm going to start uh, with uh, Tyler and ask you, Tyler, to introduce yourself and just say what your current collegiate status is, and then just a little bit about your religious upbringing. Sure. My name is Tyler Crane, and I am a junior elementary education major at Missouri State University. Um, My religious upbringing was kind of mixed. Um, When I was very young, I went to Sunday school. And then when I was a teenager, I went to some Wednesday night services. Um, And then typically my upbringing in the church setting was um, Southern Baptist churches. 
And uh, I remember attending vacation Bible schools growing up that were the kind of vacation Bible schools that would um, kind of scare children rather than teach them. And so uh, growing up, I really didn't have a great relationship with uh, church or religion just because it wasn't ever something that um, seemed right to me. Um, And I haven't quite found the church until just recently. Um, I haven't, well, found my way back to the church, I should say. Great. And Michaela, what about you? Yeah, my name is Michaela Strickland. I am a junior broadcast journalism and intercultural communications major here at Missouri State. Uh, Tyler and I grew up in the same town, so we had a lot of the same religious experiences with uh, Wednesday night services and VBSs that want to just scare the kids rather than teach the kids about the real reason that they're attending these uh, vacation Bible schools or Wednesday night services. So I, I've i always been somebody who was in the church. I always knew that what they were teaching me didn't quite feel right, but I knew that I needed to stay and just kind of fight through it until I could find something that I truly did like. And that is just something that I'm glad that I have found something that was right for me, something that felt right, something that felt like home, something that felt welcoming. Right. So that kind of leads me to my next question, which is, um, uh, how did you hear about the Episcopal Church and, and what attracted you to it? And Tyler, uh, why don't you go first? Yeah, so my grandpa on my father's side was an Episcopalian priest, um, though being that he was on the West Coast um, and we grew up in the Midwest, we didn't see him often. And um there was not an Episcopal church in the town that we grew up in. So um, I had never attended a, an Episcopal church until I was probably about 14. And the first time that I attended Episcopal church was um, actually for his funeral. So that was my first experience with the Episcopal church. Um, and then not too long after, my sister became a choral scholar at St. John's. And so I attended a service mostly with the intention just of supporting her in her new endeavor within the choir. Um, But then I really found that I enjoyed my time there and was so grateful to later be offered the position as a choral scholar at St. John's myself. Um, And then after being a choral scholar for um, several months, I had decided that I wanted to get confirmed, and um, I just got confirmed in January. So, yeah. And what was it about the church specifically that kind of attracted you? Yeah, I really appreciated um, how welcoming and accepting the church was. I felt that the church had a true sense of community um, and I've been to churches previously where diversity was not necessarily something that was accepted or welcomed, and I could tell very quickly that St. John's and the Episcopal Church were the type of church to accept everyone as they were, and that was something that was really important to me. Thank you. And uh, Michaela, what about you? Yeah, actually, I heard about the Episcopal Church through Tyler since I said we grew up together. We've been best friends since we were little bitty. Um, So I always heard her talk about like her grandfather being an Episcopalian priest. And I never really like 
knew or kind of connected to what that was. So I was like, oh, that's cool. And then just kind of went on and passing. And then once I got to college, it's kind of when I fell out of my going to church routine, going to Wednesday night routine. And it took me a long time to find something that I actually wanted to do or a church that I actually found a connection with. And one day Tyler was like, just come to St. John's and see how you feel about it. And then ever since then, it's just been like, I've been there every Sunday. And then uh, for about a month I was attending. And then um, Kevin Grice, who is our like choral director for St. John's asked if I would like to be a choral scholar as well to join Tyler since um, our section was kind of shorthanded. So I was like, absolutely. And I've been here ever since. And I also decided to get confirmed uh, probably about six or so months into going, probably a little bit later. I'm not quite sure on the timeline there, but I did end up making that decision. And I also got confirmed in January as well. Great. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of, an, of, of, you know, y'all went to the confirmation or inquirers class, you know, that I taught. And um, I don't know if you all remember this. I, I, I was struck by how moved you all seem to be. It was the weekend. It was, it was, we, our class, it was the, it was the week after the, the leak of the opinion in the Dobbs case came out, you know, the, the case, it looked like it was pretty clear the Supreme court was going to overrule Roe v. Wade. And, and I, and I thought people might want to know for sure what the Episcopal church's position on abortion was. And I emailed you all sort of a summary of resolutions that the Episcopal Church, uh, that our general convention has passed, that basically, basically state, yes, we think abortion's a very serious thing. Uh, human life is sacred. We say from its inception. Although, if you remember the resolutions, that we don't, we don't define specifically where that point is, the inception of human life. But we make it. But we also make it very clear that that the decision that we trust the consciences of women. And that those decisions needed to be uh, made by the woman. Um, I don't know. I, I remember you, you, your responses were were quite moving. Do you kind of do you remember that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that I'll ever be able to forget that because um, I think it's very easy to assume that all churches are pro life in the way that abortion is not accepted. Um, but when I read that statement, I, I knew that this was definitely, I was getting myself into something that I wanted to be a part of because um, I had never experienced a church that respected women in the way that the Episcopal Church does. And that statement alone made it very obvious to me where I was um, within, uh, as far as belonging as a part of a church. And um I just think it's so important. We just had a, a sermon from Victor Matthews about how um, the women were the first ones to discover. Um, I believe it was that Jesus had left the temple. Is that right, or was it? Yeah. So that they were the, that the women were the first to go and to to see the risen Jesus and to tell the men he's raised. Right. Right. And that was a story that I'd never heard um, from that perspective. I've always heard that story, but conveniently, the churches I grew up in left that part out. So it was, it was, it's just as a woman, it is very comforting to be a part of a church that does respect women. And um, I've, I will never forget the day that you sent us all that statement regarding the abortion case. It was monumental for me. 
Thanks. Um, for, for those out there, Victor, Dr. Victor Matthews is a religious studies professor at Missouri State University, and uh, he's a licensed lay preacher in the Diocese of West Missouri, and he fills in. So I, I, he fills in for me <laughs> so that I don't have to do a sermon every Sunday, and I'm very appreciative of him to do that. So, so now that y'all have been Episcopalians, well, coming on six months, okay. Um, what, how is your life changing as a result of your decision to be confirmed? Who wants to I go think, first? I'll go ahead and go. Uh, personally, I think my life has changed in monumental ways, not just from being confirmed, but from uh, having a home base as a church. I feel like I have a support system, and if I need prayer, I know I can either go to you, I can go to anybody in our entire church and talk to them about what's going on. Or even if I don't expressively say exactly what's going on, I could just say, Hey, can somebody pray for me? Or, Hey, my friend needs prayers and anybody and everybody's absolutely just willing to talk to me about what's going on, send me prayers. Uh, and just really, I felt uplifted since I've been coming. I felt loved. I feel like I have less worry and less stress. And I feel like I've just been kind of just a new person just a better person in general. Yeah, I I was really struck. Um, I was glad that you came. So we had a, there was a Sunday in January. It was around Martin Luther King weekend. And the diocese had designated, I think, that Tuesday as a day of prayer for racial healing. And and it was supposed to be from nine to 12. And so I, I basically made sure the doors were, to the church were unlocked at 9 a.m. And I, um, I basically just spent a lot of time. A lot of it was by myself, but that was fine. You know, you're praying, and I was reading on 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 racial healing, and then you came, and I was really glad to have you, you me, and you, me, and my wife to kind of close out with noonday prayer uh, for racial healing. And, yeah, I've, uh, I've never been a part of a church that has even considered something like that, so I knew it wasn't something that I was going to miss. Amen. Tyler, what about you? How has your life changed since uh, becoming an Episcopal? Yeah, I really loved what Michaela said about feeling feeling loved. Um, I definitely, in our church, feel that greater sense of fellowship. There's a lot of relationships that I've made within the church that I wouldn't have made um, otherwise. And I also think that um, with attending church every Sunday, it does really keep me connected and grounded um, while also feeling uplifted. And I think um, for a long time, I was disconnected from from God and being able to reconnect in such a routine way is something that is more important to me than I ever realized and way more important to my my faith than I ever realized. So since finding the Episcopal Church and finding somewhere where I know that I'm accepted, I've reconnected with God and found a new sense of self through that. I, I'm gl- I really appreciate what you said about the, the realizing the importance of making it a habit. You know, even if there are some days where you may not feel a whole lot like it, of you know, because a relationship with Jesus Christ, and you know, we're—I know that that can sound a little evangelical speak, but we're we're about having a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you know, through the sacraments, through our corporate worship. But 
a relationship is something you have to put some time into. It is something you have to make a habit of, uh, of and, and then really treasuring those big spiritual moments. But you got to kind of put in the habit to do that. And I really appreciate you all being there every, uh, every Sunday. And uh, one thing I can tell you I'm, I'm appreciative of, um, you know, you all know, and folks out there don't know, you know, St. John's right now, we don't really have very many children. Um, but we have a neighborhood that I know there are children in and folks in the past had sort of talked about, well, could we do some sort of vacation Bible school? And, and I, and for a long time, I just, we just didn't have the people <laughs> to do that, but you know, uh, it was brought up again and I, and I went to the two of you and as education majors, you all just jumped right in. And <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't be able to, be, we're, we're playing. And so we're playing to do a VBS on the successive Wednesdays in June. And it's, it is not something that would have been possible if, if, if it, if not for you two being willing to step up and along with your sister T- Tyler to, 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 to put in the, the, the energy and the labor. And I am just so appreciative for both yes, of you for, of for really taking this on. Tyler and I grew up in VBS, so I feel like we really truly understand the importance of getting to these children while they are young and so that they have something to grow into and something to look forward to. So personally, I know I was happy to step up and help, and I'm sure Tyler feels the same way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm certainly grateful for the opportunity to gain this experience. And I have I've never once been in the position of the teaching in a church setting. And so I'm I'm really excited to um, see what that holds for me. Great. So then um, sort of the final round of questions I've got, it's there, it's a two-part question. Um, you know, uh, church, a lot of the churches are, you know, they, 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 they all say they want to attract young people. Okay. Um, and so in the Episcopal church, I, I'd like to know uh, the first part of that question would be, what what do you what do you think we're what do you think we already have going that can uh, attract uh, young young adults? And then the other part of that question would be, uh, having spent some time with us, what do you think maybe we could do different that might make us feel uh, more a more welcoming environment to young adults? And whoever wants to go first with that is great. Sure. Um, I think that as is the Episcopal Church is very welcoming. Um, And part of what made me want to continue attending was the welcoming atmosphere and the acceptance and that the church operates from love and not from fear. And that was something that I really valued. And I think that's something that a lot of people our age value, you know, a lot of people in their early twenties. Um, because especially in, in the Midwest, so many of us have just been so used to the churches that operate based on fear. Um, as far as what I think could be done better is, um, I think that our, the Episcopal church could be a bit, could work to make their services a little bit more accessible to those who have not previously had church experience. Um, There's a lot of language that is used that maybe may not be the most accessible and um, just kind of teaching about why we do what we do the way that we do. I think that would be beneficial to 
newcomers who would not have known that otherwise. Okay. What about you, Michaela? Uh, yeah, I think the Episcopal Church has a lot of things going on for them. I feel like, like Tyler said, we teach from a place of love and not fear. We respect people of different backgrounds. We just respect all and welcome all. And I feel like that is something that a lot of churches don't do. So that is something that we are doing. So that's something that we need to emphasize on. And I feel like to get more young people in and to emphasize on that, um, like a social media type outreach to get more people in because a lot of people are on social medias and a lot of people, they don't really get to the North side of town. They don't really come through division. A lot of people stay pretty near campus or pretty close to the South side. So if we can get like a social media type of outreach or even get more people on campus coming to campus ministries and just kind of getting more people rallied together to even find out what Episcopalian even is is something that is something that should be highly focused on, in my opinion. Okay. Well, first of all, it, it's it's good to have you all be a part of that second thing because here we are on a podcast called All Things Episcopal that is geared uh, toward uh, the young adults, and that's so that's I'm glad y'all are helping with that. And uh, Tyler, I suspect you and I will be having some conversations, uh, shall we say, off camera about. Um, ideas on how to improve our accessibility because I, I I hear that and uh, and I really want to uh, I want to drill down deeper with that and so I really appreciate that. Yeah, so, absolutely. Great. Well, and then what else? Uh, this is I've I've kind of gotten through the list of questions I had. I mean, what else do you all, all want to say about uh, the Episcopal Church in your life and and whatever you think about, about the Episcopal Church. Yeah, the only thing that comes to mind that I feel has been left unsaid in our conversation is the, the tradition throughout the church. Um, I personally have, my background within Southern Baptist churches has been, you know, the church with the rock band, and they play songs on a big projector screen, and everybody sings along, which is perfectly fine in its own right, and that that works for some people, and that's wonderful. But I, I really, really, truly connect with the traditional style of our services, where we have the scripture readings, and we kneel to pray, and we sing out of a hymnal, and we take communion. I think all of that is something that also really made me feel connected within the church. Um, I, I've always loved the idea of something that is a traditional, you know, something that is timeless. And uh, so I don't know, it, it may not seem like something that is so important when choosing a church, but I do think it makes quite a, quite a difference. Thanks. Michaela, is there something you were th- you wanted to say here? Or? I mean, just for everybody listening, if you're listening to this, it means you're already looking to give something a shot. So just make that step. Find somewhere to go on a Wednesday night and see if they have something going on. If they don't have anything going on throughout the week, just pop in on a Sunday. Just go check it out. See how it is. Uh, the people are going to welcome you with open arms. They're going to want to talk to you after the service. They're going to want you to fill out a card so they can give you a call. But if you're listening to this, that means you're already looking to take that first step. So just go ahead and dive in. Thanks. Um, I'm going to come back to what you said, Tyler. It was, um, you know, I, I 
I'm the one who kind of brought up that word timeless, that sometimes I know if you use tradition, that that can carry a lot of connotations uh, that, that maybe are not helpful. And I've used the word timeless to describe our worship because, you know, and I think you all, you, you heard me say this in our inquirers class that, you know, the church has been called Catholic since at least the early second century. You know, the church is, this is what the church has always been. The church has always been um, a community that was focused on finding Jesus in the Holy Eucharist and the sacrament of his body and blood that comes to us through bread and through wine. Um, and I'm reminded of a story uh, in my previous parish in Alabama. There was a young adult, a young woman who had just finished college, had come back home. And she went to the, quote, cool Baptist church that had the rock band and the big screen, the loud music. But she was looking for something else, and she found her way to Christ Episcopal Church, and she got confirmed. And when we, the first time we met for coffee, she said, you know, I, I tried that, the big Baptist, I tried the big rock band church and the big screen, and it felt to me like a fad. And she, I'll never forget her saying, I come to your church and this feels like something that has endured and will endure. And I think that at a time when people, when everybody is worried about a lot of changes to know that, that this is something that has endured and that will endure, I think it is, can definitely speak to everybody of all ages. Yes. So, I great. think that's, that's perfectly well said. Thanks. Well, um, Terrific. Well, listen, uh, Tyler, Michaela, thank you both for participating and for being thank on this podcast. Us. And I'll see you Sunday. Absolutely. See you Sunday. Thank you. You're welcome. Hey, friends. Thanks for listening. Please like and subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about all things Episcopal, visit West mo.org backslash all things episcopal all things episcopal podcast is a production of the diocese of west missouri in association with resonant media the lord be with you all